God first. Your presence in their lives gives them validation. Our children don't need us to be superheroes. If you do these things, the next generation and the generations that follow will live in a world far better than the one we have today. Men, stand up, be fathers. Hey guys, it's Mark, your host and founder of the Inspired Legacy. As always, this is the show that equips and inspires you to be spiritual leaders in your home. I am recording this episode in November at the height of hunting season. And I hope that for those of you who don't hunt, that you're going to stick around because hunting, I feel, hunting and all that goes into it contains life lessons that quite honestly, I think transcends the sport. So stick around because I think There's going to be a little something for everybody in this episode. Today, my guest is Jordan Miller. He is the founder of Run to Gun, which is a company that provides athletic training and nutrition specifically for hunters. And I think that's such a cool concept. He's also the host of Run to Gun TV and the Live Beyond Average podcast. Guys, I grew up hunting, whether it was with my dad or with my buddies. It was a huge part of my life growing up in North Central Nebraska. And because of that, I've wanted to touch on this topic for a really long time. So with that, Jordan, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, man. So right off the bat, I like to kind of qualify guys. This is a dad, a, yeah. a, a show created by a dad for dads. So I'm, I'm 99% sure you're a dad as well. Yeah. So give us your a, dad bio. Yeah. So my little girl just turned six on Friday last week. Oh, nice. We got a six-year-old kindergartner and uh, six going on sixteen. As you, I, yep. I mean, anybody with a girl knows. I, and then uh, I got a little boy who will be four right after Christmas, and he is like at that such cool stage, man. Like, like he wants to be your best friend. Yeah, uh, at your side, like digging it. So yeah. it, it, it's taken him about this long to get to that stage because you're such a mama's boy. So now I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man, like you want to be best friends. <laughs> Let's be best friends. Absolutely. So man. Pretty cool. Soak pretty that cool. in as long as you can. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. Those yep. are great ages. And your daughter is six years old, man. They, you're her hero. Yeah. It's I, dude, she, uh, I took her on her first antelope hunt here a few, uh, back in October and she had Turkey hunted with me in the past, which I'm not a Turkey hunter, but it was more like easy way to get her out. Yep. But I uh, took her out on her first antelope hunt here in October and she crushed it. She's so tough. Like she hiked in over a mile, which I mean, for a little girl, that is a long ways. And yeah. she snuck up on this antelope with me, like less than a hundred yards. And then we packed, you know, cut it all up, packed it up and she hiked out the whole mile, you know? And so she's a tough little girl. She knows like, she knows when she's around me, she like definitely toughens up a little. Sure, <laughs> she yeah. has to show off. So it's pretty cool. That's cool. So that's the persona that she has of you. So now she's got to kind of it must be. got a glimpse of what dad does in the office. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Right. So it's, it's really cool that, uh, you see that when they're so young and you know, like, okay, like they're soaking up everything that you're doing and watching. 100%. Um, and so it does, it makes you like pay attention a little bit more to yourself and your own actions. That's for sure. 100%, man. They are sponges for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So run to gun. It's a really cool concept. Break it down for guys who haven't heard of it. What is it? Who's it for all that stuff? Yeah. And it's totally evolved over the years. Um, I started working on it when I I went to college for sports exercise and wellness graduated in 2011. Um, and started working on it kind of right after the fact I had moved to Sioux falls 
and uh, was working for a gym, just being a personal trainer, but I still wanted to do my own thing. Um, at that same time, during those last couple years of colleges, I was seeing my mentors, my great uncles, my grandpa, um, that were you know my hunting heroes besides my dad, that had cabins filled with awesome animals, mounts, stories, and uh, they had 30 years plus preference points um, for a lot of big hunts. So for guys who don't know, um, if you don't, if you apply for a tag and you don't draw a lot, you'll get a preference point. And so if you don't draw five years in a row or 20 years in a row, whatever that number is, you acquire points to increase your chance of drawing the next year. Ah. And so some of these coveted tags take years to draw. And, uh, you know, I'm getting to the age where I'm out of college and I'm like pumped. I'm going to be able to go with them, um, on some of these huge hunts and they stopped applying for them because they didn't feel physically capable sure. that they'd be able to do it. Yeah. Um, so I was taking my two passions, which were the outdoors and physical fitness and just mesh them together as how it happened purely by accident. Um, if you want to say accident, but, uh, and started working on that and all of 2011 and 12 and kind of got it off the ground. And then shortly after that in 2013 ish, 14, 13, we were filming like a promo video for our website. And a friend of mine was like, dude, this would make such a cool TV show. And he had connections with Midco sports in Sioux falls, which is a regional station. Um, and, uh, he was like, hooked me up with a meeting. I went into the meeting, short story, long story short, and, uh, pitched him this concept. It was in August, I believe. And he's like, yeah, can you have like a full season for us in by like January 1st? And I'm like, oh yeah, no problem. And I walked out and I didn't even own, own a camera. So I was <laughs> like, what did I just do? I had no idea how to edit a TV show or what it even took. Thankfully sure. I had the right people in my life at that time that helped guide me through that to learn. Um, but here we are this year filming season eight of that already. So, um, and that show just shows that same, um, concept of what we do is how we train throughout the year to get in shape for hunts and outdoor adventures. Um, and really just kind of mesh that lifestyle of, of really ironically what you're doing with your podcast as well. Um, so, um, and that's evolved over the years. We didn't really know what we were doing in the first year or two. And then you kind of start figuring out like, okay, why, why am I here? Like why, you know, why does God have me on this path right here? And you start, you know, having that self-awareness and as your faith grows, you're able to grow within your business as well to be yeah. doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Okay, so cool. So, so you had your, your two passions and you just sort of dove head first into this realm. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily a strategic move to say, uh, it's not like you said to yourself at the very beginning, okay, I'm going to carve out this niche specifically for hunters. It just sort of evolved that way. Absolutely. hundred percent. Correct. I didn't have the goal of even really starting a business. I knew I wanted to own businesses because my dad's a business owner. Um, I own, bought a vending machine when I was in grade school, you know, and, and did that in a small town. So like I had the business, um, urge to do that, but I wasn't, yeah, strategically trying to put it together. Um, I went down to a huge, NRA convention, uh, right out of college with my dad. Cause some big names were speaking at it. I think it was in St. Louis and it was like, just by accident. I met a couple people there as well. Um, that worked for Ruger firearms. And, uh, I went to this, like I, my, my sister-in-law was down there as well. And she texted me. She's like, Hey, you should come out. I'm not a social guy. I know I have a TV show and a podcast also, but like, I'm very much a stay at home guy. So it's hard for me to go out and meet people at times. 
get a little anx- anxious about it. Yeah. And uh, she texted me and she's like, Hey, there's this huge, like, you know, young guns type thing. Uh, you, you should come out and meet some people. And I'm like, eh, I was trying to make excuses, like texting her back. And I'm like, Oh, we're already headed back to the hotel. And I'm like, where are you, where are you at? And she like texted me this, this big like bar restaurant. And I look across the street and I'm like right beside it. And thankfully my dad was there and he was like, you need to go. Yeah. And so like, he was there to push me a little bit too. So one of those happenstances, well, again, long story short, I got invited out uh, by Ruger. They flew me out to the East coast. We filmed this like Hunter fitness series uh, for their YouTube channel. Don't go find it. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's before I ever like did anything TV. So it was like very raw and new, but it was the beginning stages, right? Yeah. It was, what an opportunity. Yes. Those beginning stages of like God, you know, carving that pathway out, you know, having you, and I was still even before the TV show. And so it was like his way of like, Hey man, you're going to start practicing for this. Uh-huh. Like you're going to start getting better. Yeah. And so it's just neat when you go back and we can't see those paths going forward. Right. Right. But then whenever we look back and you look at the entire journey and these podcasts, like this always helped me remind me of that. And you look back and you get to see all these dots connect and the dots are never in a straight line. No, no. They're like zigzag. Sometimes they're going backwards. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so for like along our journeys, like we have to remember during those peaks and valleys, which I'm, everybody kind of uses that term, but it's, it is a good term It is um, that, that we we're going to have those and we can't see it going forward. It's blind to us, but that's where our faith comes in. Right. 100%. I mean, that is where we're tested yep. and, and we know if, if like, if we have Christian listeners, Right now, like we know that it says right in the Bible that we are tested, especially when we're Christians, like that's not a guarantee to live an easy life. That's actually entering into a realm of like, you're going to be tested much yeah, more. It's a guarantee of a harder life is what it is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But the reward sure. is sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So pure accident with the starting that business and then falling into the TV show again, was just kind of part of it. Um, um, accident there as well. And then like, we even started another company, um, here in the last year called seeker supplements, um, where I, again, we, we, I had talked about it in like 2012 and 13 with a buddy that I, I hope I can brand this someday and have my own supplement company. So it's kind of funny. We're eight years down the road and, and done it. I'm doing it now. Um, but wasn't like super strategic. I knew, I didn't know if I'd ever do it. I didn't know if I'd have a brand strong enough over time to even pull it off. And we just kind of got to that point. Um, and ironically ended up working for a supplement company for like 18 months in between all this, that kind of like gave me the knowledge and, uh, the connections to be able to start pulling it all off. Mm -hmm. It's a really funny how, you know, all of those dots align. Yep. One more, one more point that God put in your path. hundred percent. And so it's like, uh, and those things obviously reassure our faith, right? Cause we all go through stages where we're like, what am I doing? Am I in the right spot? What am Mm -hmm. I doing? And it's funny because when I was working for that supplement company, I was totally in the wrong spot of where God wanted me. He had me there for a reason, but it wasn't where like I could tell when I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. You know, like he was like kicking me in the butt to be like, dude, your time's up, man. Your time's up. And like, I didn't really want to listen to it because it was easy. because I was making a lot of money. The work was simple, but I was miserable. Yeah. And, And it's funny how when we're in the spots where God's like trying to get us out of them, kick us out and hey dude like you're supposed to be doing something else how we get miserable because we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing so like finally when you figure that out and you get out of there and you're like oh wow i'm making like 70 percent less money but you're you're happy everything else everything is ha- else exactly. yep. everything else is happening they were supposed to be happening and then you're making the impacts we're supposed to make 
it's it's just it's so interesting yeah so interesting it is interesting how you might be like you said you might be making a great living and in terms of like material things everything is golden yes but you just feel dead inside and that is a major red flag that maybe you're not doing what god had designed you to do 100 yeah I, i i agree um I, I really agree. My pastors talked on this too, where it's like, you know, you see some people that, I and mean, we all go through miserable times, but you can really tell when everything just seems to be going like wrong, wrong, wrong. Like if you're not being like, I don't, I don't think if, if everything's going really easy too, you should question like, am I really listening to God right now? Yeah. <laughs> because sometimes we get in the, where we're not challenging ourselves and you're like, okay, like this is going too easy. Like we're mm-hmm. not being challenged. Um, and so it's, it's always one of those things, like no matter what path we're on, we should be very conscious of, are we, are we doing what we're called to do? And that's, I think that's hard, man. It's really hard. Yeah. No. And that's an interesting point that you brought up that when life is easy and you see guys like that out there all the time, it's like, man, does he have to work for anything in his life? And Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad, but it, I think Satan uses those opportunities, you know, to, you feel like you're, you're doing just fine on your own. You don't need God. Why do I need yeah. God? If I've, everything's going well for me and God, mm-hmm. God is, uh, takes a backseat or sometimes is not even in the picture. Yeah. And it's funny. Like, even when you say that, like how people have different reactions to some people when, when things are going very challenging for them or not right, they grow cl- closer to God. Mm-hmm. And then when it's obviously like when everything's easy, they don't need them. And I find myself in my years of just like thinking about this, that I'm the opposite. When things are going very well for me, I actually tend to like put my focus towards God more. It's weird. I, I'm very, like, I have a thankful for it. And I'm very, yeah, that's about a blessing. when things start going difficult, that's when I get like, dude, I'm going to get out of it myself. Yeah. I get very arrogant that way. And it's like, it's one of my faults where I'm like, that I'm learning and growing through is like, no dude, like you can't, <laughs> you can't do it yourself. So that's where I'm a little opposite uh, personality that way. When things are challenging, I think that I'm good enough myself to get yeah. out of it. And it's totally not true. I think that, I mean, I don't think that's uncommon for guys to think that they can fix it themselves. I think that's kind of yeah. uh, baked into us to a certain degree, but yeah, what a blessing to, to know that when you're soaring high, that that's the time to give thanks and, and dive oh, sure. deeper into your faith. Yeah. hundred percent. Sure. So let's unpack the fitness sites. You've got the TV show, you've got yeah. the supplements, Talk a little bit about what you do on the fist, the fitness side of things. Sure. Um, so this is really cool. And this is how I got started and how even still today I make a majority of my living. So, um, started off just as a personal trainer and that's still the one-on-one training or two-on-one training. Small group is, is what I do a lot of. Um, so meet with people, they have a scheduled session. Um, I train almost all my people in Harrisburg at a gym called Heroic Fitness. So it's a personal training studio. It's like 3,400 square feet. And it's not like a box gym where you have a membership and you can just come in and work out when you want. You're, most of the people there are training with a trainer when they're there. Okay. And so it is made specifically for going in and learning and sure. working out hard with your trainer. Yeah. So it's really cool. So you're not around like, you know, 200 people. <laughs> so much more small feel, really cool. And so that's the majority of my living, um, outside of that, I have our online training as well. So have clients throughout the country that I write out all their programming from their reps, their sets, their rest period, um, basically homework. So I write out 
what they need according to their goal. Um, they get there usually in four week segments. I send it to them. So it change, it goes week to week. Um, and then they go into the next segment, which is week, you know, five through eight. Um, and so we adjust and grow that way. Um, with that, I also do some nutritional guidance as well, because what's training if you're not going to yep. do some sort of mindful eating. <laughs> so that's a big little part of it. what you're, <laughs> what you're putting in. Exactly. Um, so that's the other side of, of the training aspect. So, and I've been doing that since uh, 2011 as well. Okay. And the training regiments and, and plans, it's specifically for guys who are training for a hunt. Is that so accurate? That, that was always the goal. That was the goal. Um, but uh, I mean, I get, yeah, uh, uh, only a certain number of those sure. a year. Um, I actually, a big portion of my income is generic population. Sure. Almost all my one-on-one training people are just normal people. Yeah. So, and a couple of them obviously get ready for a couple of big hunts every year. Um, but the rest of them, some of them I've been training for seven years and they just, they've learned about themselves that they won't get into the gym unless they have two days or three days a week scheduled with me. And that's what they like to do. Uh-huh. So it's always fun when I get new clients because I've been trained, I trained so many of my people for long-term and that's always not the goal. I want people to learn what they can. So when they go off on their own, uh, they're able to take the the tools, put them in the toolbox and do it on themselves. But one thing about personal training that I'm sure any trainer can attest to is, um, the successful trainers build really good relationships with people. Um, and it's funny how that's really what it turns into is a really mm-hmm. good relationship within that becomes the exercise. But I always call myself a really cheap therapist. <laughs> well, what a great opportunity, man, to pour into people. It's, it's, it's really awesome. It, it really is. And I've I got to have some really cool conversations over the years um, like that, that, that are, are faith-based, um, that you, and you know, when that opportunity comes up, because I mean, you're getting kicked in the butt to talk, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and, and there's times where you don't speak up and then it kills you that night. And you're like, dude, that was my opportunity to talk about God. And so again, like when I was younger, it was tougher now that I'm older and you grow, it's easier, Yeah, yeah. it's, it's cool. No, I think you're right. My wife was a nutrition coach for several years and I heard the same thing. It's like half of her appointment time wasn't focused on the, uh, the nutritional plan. It was just like listening. It's like, I'm a therapist, Yeah, yep. but that's important because yep. I think so much cool. of what we face in the gym, it's up here, yeah. right? hundred percent. I mean, that's, it's a, uh, just as much mental as it is physical. And that's one thing we've really preached and how we've even gotten into what we call our, you know, the mantra live beyond average. And how we got the Live Beyond Average podcast going is that there's so much more to fitness than six-pack abs or big biceps (laughs) that it's actually so much of a mental aspect on how when you challenge yourself daily, how those things really correlate and enrich so many other areas of our life, like being a great husband or a good dad or a great mom, um, a good coworker, um, because of the positivity and how you challenge yourself and how it just builds momentum into all these other areas of our life really can stem from a simple thing that is working out. It's really neat. Absolutely, man. When you, when you focus on yourself and you turn your yourself into your best self, I mean, you bring your best self to your marriage, to your work, to your kids, to everything. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Cause especially when you're at those moments of, of tough challenge, if you've put yourself through a really hard workout, um, or like, let's like kind of realm back to hunting here a little bit. Um, 
I've been on some really tough pack outs where you have a lot of weight on your back. So if you shoot an elk in the back country and you're five miles from something, you, you quarter out that elk. It's not like an East river deer hunt where you can pull your truck up and load it in the back of the pickup. So you have a pack, you're quartering out that animal and you're taking, depending on you know your fitness level, you're taking certain packs of meat back and forth from the kill spot to your camp or your truck, or you're parked on the side of the road. And that gets, that might be on your sixth day of hunting. So you're already fatigued from hunting. You have tons of miles on the legs and now you're packing out, you know, 80 pounds, a hundred pounds on your, on your backpack. And you might be making, you might be five miles in and you have to, if you're by yourself, that's going to be three, four trips, right? Dude, so start doing the math on the miles, a lot right? of work, it man. gets <laughs> intense and it might be over a couple of days. And so when you go through these moments and that's, I think my favorite part and, you know, you see the excitement in shows sometimes where guys get really pumped up about, you know, the kill. And I'm that way. I get really jacked up. I'm excited. But I, I really, my favorite part is the misery portion of those packouts. Because, like, if it's not, for one, if it's not miserable, it's not as memorable. So you go through those, these, you know, the, you look at you even in your life. And what do we remember? We remember a lot of our times where we struggled, right? That's yeah. why we... T- Everybody talks about struggling times because you remember them they are yep. ingrained and you grow from them. Yep. And it's the same way in the fitness side of things. When I'm packing out that animal for hours on end and, and you have hundred pounds in your shoulders and you ripped apart, you can really start getting in your own head a little bit and kind of figuring out who you are. Um, you start listening a little bit more. Sometimes you actually just like you shut off you're not thinking about, cause you're not, you're not on your cell phone when you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And so you actually reach these deeper levels of thinking because there's no outside factors that are playing with what you're thinking about or adjusting what you're thinking about. So you actually get to be in a free mind and open mind. And that is, enables you to really listen and learn about yourself. And when you can learn about yourself in quiet times like that, man, like, you're either going to start really regretting some certain things, which is going to happen too. And you're going to learn from that. And, and you can really just start figuring out and you can get some deep conversation. It's pretty cool. Like if I, I just challenge any guy, like you have a chance to go on a camping trip by yourself. Like even this summer, like, dude, I can't get away that, that much. Go out to the black Hills by yourself, hike out a couple miles where there's no trails by yourself, like no podcast downloaded yeah. quietness. Like you'll find yourself 24 hours is actually really hard if you're not used to it. It's tough. I believe like, it, man. But it's really a good thing to to do. I don't doubt it's it. A challenge. So real quick, so like I have a lot of listeners that don't live in South Dakota. So you mentioned okay. you mentioned East River. This is this is for the listeners right yeah. now. So the Missouri River runs through South Dakota, north and south, kind of splits the state in half. And residents of South Dakota you either live on the, the east side or the west side. And east side or the good side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the Black Hills are on the west side. It's West River. So I just wanted to give some context to that little comment you made. But yeah, you, yeah. everything that you just talked about there was kind of, you segued into the next um, topic that I wanted to touch on. It's what you get out of hunting. Hunting is so much more than just throwing meat in the freezer, right? There's yeah. benefits physically that we that you mentioned. There's benefits emotionally, like you said, you get in your head, get to know yourself. I think there's, you're out in nature, you're in God's country. I mean, there's, there's a spiritual connection there too. At least for me, there is. 
dude, you're, you're right. I mean, that's, that's the point. Like, especially during hunting season where we're traveling and we're away, like I'm not getting to church a lot of times on Sundays during the hunting season, uh, which is challenging. But at the same time, I'm, I'm very focused when I'm out on a Sunday morning, like you do feel a different connection. Like it is a spiritual connection because you're in exactly what God created for us to use. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And obviously the animals there, it says right in the Bible, like there are for there for us to respect and to use for our resources and what we need. Like yeah. that's why God gave them to us. Yeah. Um, so it's really, that is a really cool opportunity um, too. And the, to the connection with the food, like you said, when you get to, when you get to kill a deer, you get to kill an elk. Like it's a really cool thing to be able to take care of that food and pack it out and process it. Like that whole process yeah. is definitely a manly process. hundred percent. Yeah. Like it's totally over talked about, but like you talk about like, Oh yeah. Like the cavemen or way back when, like they provided that way with, but it's true. It, it's very true. Like it, it's very old school feeling. So when you're doing that and you get to process it all and do that, you kill the animal from start to finish and it ends up in your freezer and then yep. you cook it. Yep. It's a very manly thing. Yeah. Like it's a very cool way to, to draw originality factors. Out yeah. Of us. yeah. And so then you not only know where that food came from, which is nice, but mm-hmm. every time you pull a steak out of the freezer, you get to relive that moment yeah. of harvesting it. To a certain degree. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. It's a really cool opportunity. So I don't think there's a better, better way to connect with like your manliness self. Yeah. I, I agree. So how often are you hunting alone versus with guys? So honestly, I haven't done a lot of it in the last eight years. Cause I've always had my brother's my producer. He does all my filming. Sure. Um, and so I've always had at least him with me, um, which is awesome because we've gotten really close because of it. Uh, this year has been really the first year where I've had several hunts by myself. Um, I drew a tag, really coveted tag down in Nevada. Two of them actually shouldn't have drawn, drew like 20 years early and, uh, an elk tag out in the back country in the garbage wilderness. And then an antelope tag that was like in this, it was weird because antelope in South Dakota are like on the plains you drive and they're like, you can see them along the interstate where this hunt was like up in the mountains. So a lot different, yeah. but I spent uh, like 12, 12 ish days. I think I had 14 planned. I think I was out there for 12, if I remember right. Um, By so yourself? The first part of that. Yep. Yep. So I, I drove in off like a trailhead and then I had like eight or 10 days packed in a, in a pack of like food and what I needed. Dude, and that is intense. That is legit. And that was, and that was the first time I had done something like that. So I was like, I was nervous for sure. Yeah. Um, and then when, you, when you're by yourself, there's just a whole nother level of, you know, self-reliance. There's nobody there to help you. Right. Even if something simple as when I was driving the mountain trail up to this trailhead, I was like, it was sketchy. I mean, you're up in the mountains and you're like, you know, sidewalling thousand foot cliff, maybe not a thousand, but 500 <laughs> foot cliff. Felt like a thousand. And it felt like a thousand and I'm a flatlander. So you're gripping the steering <laughs> wheel, but you're like, what am I doing? Bringing my truck up here, but it's a, I mean, it's a trail. Um, but even something like that, when you're like hitting these switchbacks on the mountain and you don't have a guy with you that can get out and be like, okay, yeah, reverse. You got two foot to the edge. Like you don't uh, have any of that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're even self-reliant on those little things, it, uh, learning to do things on your own like that is do I felt so much more growth from that one trip just in like, what I know I could do myself, I really grew in 12 days. It was crazy. Just, I can't, you just hit the nail back. on the head right there. 
yeah, it was what I needed at this point in my life. Like came back, my dad had an elk hunt and I had some days being self-employed. I can make whatever days work for me. Yep. And so I went out and like pre-scouted his elk for four days by myself again, just like backpacked in, set up a camp and uh, had everything ready for him when he got there. I wouldn't have done that before this other hunt. Like, I, I think I would have been like, yeah, I'll just like, who wants to go with me? If nobody's going to go, I probably won't go. Like, but I was so pumped to be out there by myself again for three days. It was just figuring out that I needed that challenge. And he, you can ask my wife. She got a lot of satellite texts because I had the sat phone <laughs> on those first couple of days. I was struggling just being out there alone like that. I was struggling. I was kind of like, this isn't fun. I don't, I'm not having fun right now. And if it's not fun, I don't want to do it. Like that was my mind. I was trying to talk myself out of the challenge. And it was just funny how we can, our minds will really mess with us yeah. if we allow it to. Oh, hundred percent. And Man. it was the only reason I stayed out there was because I was like, why did God, I drew this tag so early. Why am I here right now? Okay. I, I must, I'm supposed to be here. Like, luckily I went back to faith a little bit and be like, why am I here? Mm. That's and good. I think we have to do, I think as men, we have to do that. Like, why am I here right now? Yeah. What, what am I doing? What What is the purpose of this? And uh, really, really think and think, not just think in our own mind, because we can make, we can use logic to convince ourselves to do whatever we want. Yep. But really think about like what God wants us to do. Yeah. And that's hard too, because it's hard to be obedient in that sense. It is. You've got to build, it's almost like muscle memory, right? You got to get in the habit of like, just instinctively turning to God in those moments of when you, yeah. when you're not sure why things are happening the way they are or why you're in a particular place and time to just build that, that, uh, that habit of just turning to God and, and asking him. Yeah. And that's where I, man, that's where the outdoors and hunting and things like adventures, I think are just cool opportunity for guys to take a step back and, you know, really look at like, how can I be a better man? Like, how can I be a leader? How yeah. can I, how can I do these things for my house? Because as men, we're supposed to be leaders of our households. Yep. I, I get societies want of like, you know, being a man doesn't mean that you're still not being equal with anybody. Obviously like there's a society push of like, okay, we, we have to have equality. And I, I get that, but biblically we're still supposed to be the leader of the house. Yep. Um, and so we're so, still supposed to guide our wives it doesn't mean that we think that they're lesser because they're right, not right they're right beside us but we're still supposed to guide them and we're supposed to guide our kids and that's why i mean it literally says in the bible i was just like i was doing a little reading this morning just because i knew i was getting kind of prepped up for this podcast and it literally says i think it's in james where i saw it was like not all of us are supposed to become teachers because the teachers are judged much more strictly mm. Right. And I, this go and I, I, I'm like, when I read that, I was like, Oh man, my dad must've read that when he was before he was a dad. Cause my dad has always said to me like, Hey, like, and I mentioned this at the beginning, like I want to be best friends with my little guy, but our job isn't to be best friends. Right. Our job is to be parents. And my dad's always like, I have to parent you first. Like this sucks, but if I'm not your best friend. Like I gotta be your parent first because and he always was like, cause God's going to judge me on that. Yeah. He's going to judge me on, on teaching you and guiding you. And I'm like, man, and then I read that and I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. And when it like, so then it goes back to, okay, you look at the verse and like, okay, well, teachers are okay. Well, maybe that just means pastor. Well, I don't think it does. I think it means like, uh, what sense are we teachers? Well, if we're a parent, we're a teacher, right? We have to teach our kids everything. 
Yeah. And so if you're a parent, then uh, we're going to be, we're going to be judged on more strictly on how we teach our kids, which goes right back to like your, what your podcast is right. I'm like stepping up and being a personal, a a spiritual leader in your household. Yeah. um, And, and being, and that's what men are supposed to do. Being intentional in everything that we do. And it's really funny when you, you know, you emailed me this to, to get on the podcast because that has been my biggest challenge probably over the last two years. And what I've been working on myself is to like, dude, be better at like in your own house and to your wife and to your kids at like leading that charge. Yeah. I think that's probably my biggest struggle is to like can, and do it consistently. Yeah. But it's you tough, know? man. There's so many distractions out there, right? Whether it's work yeah. or, you know. These stupid things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough. The world is uh, it just bombarding us with reasons and excuses to not be focused at home. But yeah, we've got to, when you have that biblical view of parenthood, man, it just changes everything. At least yeah. it did for me. I, I agree. And I think things like this and conversations like this and podcasts like this are so important because as men, we tend to think that at least this is my perspective. We tend to think that uh, I'm the only one going through this or I'm the only one being tempted like this or, you know, and really letting you talk to a guy, another guy kind of like, you know, you're just chatting away. I had a guy like this that I met at the gym a couple years ago and I was, you know, he was talking about something and I was like, wow, that sounds like he's kind of going through the same thing I'm kind of going through. So I kind of like brought up something about mine and we started to talk, we talked for an hour about these different temptations and they were kind of opposite. And it was funny how Satan was using like the opposite things in both for life, but still correlated down to the same temptations. And then I realized like, dude, us guys aren't alone. Like you no. always feel like you're kind of by yourself in these struggles when it's all men kind of go through these same all men, struggles. All men and from all time, right? And yeah. the, the temptations might be skinned a little differently today than they were a thousand years ago, but they're the same basic temptations. Yes. And so to realize realize that was very helpful to me, you know, and to not feel so alone. And so like, when I say like, you know, you talk about this and you even, even when I remember when I was younger and used to hear guys talk and they bring up a Bible verse or whatever, like it doesn't make anybody more so to God or less so to God, just because you can't say, think of a Bible verse about something like that doesn't matter. It, it, it's just a level of where you're at in your faith you know what I mean? Or, or a length of time potentially, or an intensity. And so I think it's like, if you're getting into this and you're listening, like don't feel discouraged whatsoever on how you feel or where you're at, because it's just a moment of where you're at. And there's so many other guys that are, that all struggle, even the guys that look like they got it together or do well with business. Like we all have our struggles yep, and we all behind have the scenes. Just, Yes, exactly. Behind the scenes, whatever it is, we all manage it differently. Yep. hundred percent. Well, and I think that going back to the fact that all men go through that stuff, um, just kind of underscores the importance of surrounding yourself with other guys so that when you are going through that, you have sort of a brotherhood that you can turn to and kind of open up with, you know, you've got to have some Mm -hmm. trust and some transparency there. And I, Again, going back to hunting, I feel like hunting is a great way to build the that brotherhood. Like if you've got a, yeah. a tight-knit group of guys who like to go out together and you're and you're sweating and you're working yeah. hard and you're spending days yep. out in the, you know, wherever you are, the hills or the mountains or the prairies, and that's not easy work. 
and you're no. you're bonding in that in those moments and i just yeah. that's one of the one of the best things about hunting for me personally is uh, forming deeper meaningful relationships with guys yeah the fellowship is definitely the the premier point like i mentioned my brother this is the first year where he's had other stuff to film and so i haven't had him with me on all those hunts and i miss him on those hunts that he's not with me because yeah, man. that fellowship that we've gotten to do together has been i've learned is the important side of that hunt like it's just fun when he's there when he's not there i'm like this is like the loneliness is good but it's not as fun. Yeah. It's definitely not as fun. Yeah. So now look ahead to when you can take your son hunting and you've taken your daughter and you can have those same relationships yeah. with a father daughter, but yep. dads, if, if you're not hunting, if you're not a hunter, like really consider it because it is such a great opportunity to build deeper relationships with your kids. Like when I think of hunting, I think of my dad and I, I always yeah. will like so many weekends spent in the goose blind or walk in the fields for pheasant uh, I personally have never been big game hunting, so I don't know a lot about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's just like, yeah, just hours and hours, either sitting in the blind or walking the fields with my dad and working the dogs and all that stuff. Oh just, yeah. I know. And it's, it's been fun for me in that sense. Cause my dad really taught me the, you know, what getting out and the ethics, the, you know, having great ethics, doing the right thing. It's the same, you know, lines of faith, right. Having character out in the field. And, uh, it's been fun because I, as I grew and started doing much more like big game backcountry style hunts, he didn't really do that type. He, you know, he big game hunt, but not to this level of intensity. So it's been fun now where I've taken him along and I got to teach him what I've learned about uh, that. So it was like that role reversal was really cool. Grasshoppers like become really the master. Odd. It was almost, <laughs> yeah, it was almost odd at first, you know, yeah. like that switch back, but it's been really cool over the last couple of years to do that. Um, and for you guys who are like, dude, I'm not going to get into hunting, like still think about, there's so many other options that connect with your family in the outdoors, whether it be camping yep. or a fishing trip, there's so many cool. And I'm, I'm kind of debating on getting into this at some point when the kids get older, cause I think it'd be such a cool family trip would be, there's so many cool, like backpack fishing opportunities where you can backpack up into the mountains in Montana yes. and do a full day backpack in, take a fly rod camp up there over top of a, a mountain lake for three days yeah. and fish like that's really cool and Dude, it's still remote yeah if i had an opportunity and, to do that i would do it tomorrow i could never convince my wife because she's afraid of bears and mountain lions like it's <laughs> off the enough. table off the table but <laughs> <laughs> but i mean there's so many cool opportunities like that even if you're not really into hunting that are the, the exact same connection is what we're talking about yeah you you're right with camping or or, or backpacking people loving mean, backpacking is such a big deal. We don't think of it here in South Dakota as much, but you know, the further out West you get backpacking is a thing in itself yeah. where people just put on miles and camp and pack in light and go for seven days. Yeah. Cause the so, experiences you described, um, going in the wilderness for 10, 12 days. I mean, you were hunting, but like you said, you can get so much of that same experience backpacking or hiking for sure. inexpensive backpacking trip yeah <laughs> so, so it was cool yeah so uh i think you cut out on me there for a second um for yeah, those grow, watching and listening yeah too. technology gosh darn it hey that's pretty good we've gotten this far into it with only one freeze yeah it is um 
So I'm going to go back on a, uh, a comment that you made that I hadn't really thought of. So I was prepping for this call and I was thinking about like, how does hunting prepare you for life? And I'm like, okay, you learn how to prepare, right? You got to plan a hunt. You got to mm-hmm. scout the land. You got to maybe know the landowners and where the borders are and you know where you need to stay within. Uh, obviously the hunt itself is hard work. And so you, you learn how to deal with that. Um, oftentimes mm-hmm. it it requires patience, right? Yeah. Because so many times you go out hunting, you won't see a thing. And, right. And you go out the next day and the next day. So you've got to be patient and you've got to persevere through all of that. So perseverance was another thing. But you you mentioned the word integrity. And I think that's that's really key. And I hadn't thought about it because it's it's so easy. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, there's a, a bull elk or whatever, you know. Yep. I'm just yep. going to, and maybe, you know, maybe it's not in season but I might not have another opportunity to, to grab one, you know, things like that. Right, or, like nobody's looking on land that you don't have permission to go. On. Right. Right. So it's like right. that self-control to do the right thing when nobody's looking because nobody, nobody yeah. would know most likely. Yeah. And that's what character and integrity is, right? It's yeah. the things we do when nobody's watching, you know, I can get away with that. Like it's only the deer's only a hundred yards into the land. I can't right. I can shoot it, pull it over here. No problem. Yep. And those are, I mean, that's such a great thing for not just young hunters, all hunters, but those are things, especially as a dad, that you will make the difference whether your kids, when they're adults, do those things or not. Yep. And obviously they still have to make their own choices. Yeah. But I mean, those ethics were drilled into me when I was eight and 10 and 12 that I don't have to, it's it's not a problem for me now as when I'm 32. I don't have to struggle at 32 trying to make the right decision because of how it was instilled in me when I was 10, mm-hmm. you know, versus being 32 and struggling like, ah, oh, that, that makes life hard on us now. Well, I get in that part of my life. I'm lucky. It's easy for me, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, being the parent side of it obviously paid off. Yeah. 100%. having a dad like that. Uh, I think the other thing, you know, you mentioned all these amazing stages of what hunting provides, which totally correlate to life. I think another big one that kind of ends what you said was disappointment. Oh yeah. We really, we really think about all of the, you know, we want to shoot a giant deer or a big elk on these hunts. It's not how hunts go. A lot of times you're not getting anything or you're shooting something way less caliber you want because you're trying to fill your tag before you go home. So you're dealing with disappointment Yeah. or somebody else shoots the deer you want, anything like that. And man, what, what is life filled with? If we focus on, I mean, it is times of disappointment yeah. we don't get a raise we want, or we don't get the promotion we want. Um, it's, it's filled with disappointment. Just had a conversation with a 15 year old girl that I trained yesterday. She goes to school in Harrisburg and she was, we were talking in, in, we were in between sets of deadlifts and she's pretty awesome. I've trained her for a year. And, uh, she was talking about like school and she's in like all these, you know, higher level classes where the teachers don't, have to like stand up in front of you and teach as much. They, they kind of do the work on them, by themselves. And she was like, kind of complaining to me about how like her friends, like she's always on her phone. She never does her work on time and she got a better grade than me on this, you know? And we got to talk about again, like those disappointed. I'm like, Hey, what a great opportunity for you to, to realize like that you're going to deal with that when you get your first job, <laughs> like you're going to bust your butt and you're going to think you want to raise or you deserve the promotion and your coworker who doesn't do anything, 
because they're close with the manager got the promotion. Yeah. And I'm like, so you learning how to deal with this dumb little thing with the grade, which is really important to you right now, learning how to deal with that. And at those moments, we have two choices to make, right? We can be bitter and pout and not work as hard and think, well, you know what? I don't have to work as hard to get this, to get here in life. I, 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 I get an entitlement mindset or I can take the other path and I can just, I'm going to continue to work hard because I know it's the right thing. I'm going to reap what I sow later on, you know? And she was like, tell her like her eyes were looking up, you know, like she's thinking, she's like, yeah, she's like, and that's what I'm like. That's what I did. I went and just like, I got, I got ahead in class. I got, I got a bunch of extra work done. And I'm like, see, you took the path of like, don't let it affect you. You worry about yourself and you know, good things are going to come of it later. And those good things, if we're relating it in life, like you guys, if you didn't get a raise, you want a promotion, you might not ever get the raise or promotion, but you might get a different job opportunity at some point because of the hard work you're putting in, or maybe God blesses you with healthy kids because of the hard work you're putting in. Yeah. Like we don't always, and it talks about that in the Bible too. Like our time of reaping what we sow comes at different times and it yeah. might not be in the situation that we are working for it for. Mm-hmm. I quick story. I worked my butt off in basketball, thousand shots a day growing up. I wanted to play high level college. I wanted to play professional overseas, whatever opportunity I had. And I played college basketball, didn't play as much as I wanted to. Things didn't go as well as I wanted to put in years of work, worked harder than everybody, you know, and I can confidently say that worked harder than anybody on my team in college, whatever it was. And things did not go the way I wanted. It was tough out of college. All these blessings start happening, right? I get a job, these opportunities with the business TV show out of nowhere. Like what? (laughs) And I'm like, I felt guilty about it. And I was talking to my dad and my dad's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you worked your butt off for years and years and years. You didn't go party. You didn't go hang out with people. Like you were dedicated to a goal. He's like, just because you didn't get the reward in your goal, he's like, you're getting your rewards paid back right now. Yeah. And I was like, man, and, and that's a true thing yep. like that it it's talked about in the Bible. Like that is a true thing. Like we, and a lot of these things we will never get paid back for on earth. Right. Like it has nothing to do with that either. Uh-huh. So that's something we have to think about. Yeah. But we well. live in this microwave culture, right? We're always looking for an instant ROI, but it's not always mm-hmm. going to be there in that moment. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's crazy. It goes back to patience and perseverance. Dude, hunting rocks, man. It really does. It really does. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of, I want to just go grab my gun and go out right now. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> well, Jordan, um, this is a question that I, I try to ask all my guests and this show talks a lot yeah. about legacy. In fact, the last few episodes have really focused on legacy. When you think of an inspired legacy, not just like the word legacy, but if you want to leave an inspired legacy, what does that mean to you? I would say for me uh, to leave an inspired legacy is like, I want to, I would like my personal motivation is to be a man that God can greatly use. And so if, if I, if I can be a man that God can greatly use, that's going to leave a legacy for God behind doesn't really have much to do with me. Uh, you know, your name might get left with it a little bit, but it's not focused on me. Um, 
And that's probably been one of the biggest little sayings that I remember. I, I got that when I was in like junior high, I was in a, a lived in Myrtle, South Dakota. So 500 person town, small church. And I had an awesome Sunday school teacher that was very just like Bible based. And he would do these cool different series for us. So he'd, you know, order in these cool booklets and I was probably 13 or 14. There's only three of us guys, four of us guys in Sunday school. And the series was to be a man that God can greatly use. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that's ever stuck with me on that. And it's played such a big factor. And I, you know, there's times in your life, where I forget about the phase, but it always, the, the phrase, but it always comes back. And so to, to me as men, I think a great legacy is yes, to be men that God can greatly use. So that's turning off some of the things maybe that we think we want and doing what we're supposed to be doing yeah. for a, the, the correct purpose. It's really good, man. That's good. That's good stuff. Jordan, where can people find you online? Where can people uh, follow run to yeah. gun and maybe check out what you have to offer there? For sure. So uh, all of our, our handles, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, is at run to gun. It's R U N the number two G U N. Um, so YouTube has a massive amount of content. So I think we're over like 500, some videos. So you're going to get a little bit of everything from a ton of our hunts throughout the year, which are really fun. Um, so you can check those out. Our season eight will start airing in January. Um, we have fitness content on there. So tips, uh, little mini workouts you can do in your house. Um, so a lot of content there. We have our, our podcast airs on there as well. Okay. Um, um, if you want to listen to the podcast, you can just type in live beyond average podcast and almost any major podcast platform and listen. Um, and then, yeah, we have the, uh, yeah, same thing with like Twitter parlor. Everything is all at run to gun. Um, just started a rumble account as well. So nice. kind of like YouTube. So we'll be working on getting some stuff up on there over the next month. Probably I was playing with it last night and it's a little confusing at first, but I'm kind of getting the hang of it. Yeah. But, same. It's um, a little so, different. <laughs> yeah. It's different, isn't yeah, it? So yeah. at run to gun on pretty much everything. Um, and would love to have you follow along and give us some feedback and, and, uh, it'd be great. So. Awesome. Well, we will make that happen. We'll link to all that stuff in the show notes, Jordan. Thanks for your time, man. I really enjoyed this discussion. I did too. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, I think we'll have to reciprocate and I'll have you on the Libby on average podcast. One of these days. I'd love we'll it, have, man. We'll have you down. I'd love it. Cool. All right. Talk soon. Yes. Talk to you later. Guys, thanks for listening. If you got anything out of today's episode, please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen to this right now. And if you're looking for a brotherhood of other like-minded men, guys who like to talk about the kinds of things you heard today, then I encourage you to check out the private Facebook group for The Inspired Legacy. There's a link to the group in today's show notes, as well as a link to leave an Apple podcast rating and review for the show. And that just helps us get The Inspired Legacy podcast in front of more men. So remember, like, subscribe, leave a review, and share our message. Because when we work together to lift up fatherhood, we're going to change the world one dad at a time. Until next time, live inspired. Live inspired.